We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is Alex Gleitman, who uh, is now at the Buckeye Huddle. But I, um, we were the Hoosier Huddle first. Um, Alex Gleitman has uh, been around the Buckeyes, uh, helps cover Rutgers as well. Uh, friend of the show, Alex, how are you doing? I'm good, Sammy. Thanks for having me on. Always fun uh, this week of the year to uh, to come on the show and talk a little Buckeyes Hoosiers with you. Yeah, this is probably the most fun we'll have all week uh, <laughs> before the game. But uh, Indiana comes into the game uh, on Saturday as 40-point underdogs, 40 and, a, 40 and a hook. Uh, Ohio State's coming in, obviously, number two in the country, 9-0 and, uh, and, and things like that. Uh, and, and I know fans are, and people are poking holes in the Buckeyes, especially after last week's performance at Northwestern in a – uh, monsoon, hurricane, whatever, whatever storms come off the lake like that. Uh, just take us through Ohio State season this year. Yeah, I mean, look, I think obviously you are what your record says you are, right? And they're nine and zero, as you said, they're number two in the college football playoff rankings, and they're exactly where we thought they would be at this point in the season. They're exactly where they wanted to be at this point in the season. They got Indiana at home this week. They go to Maryland next week. Those are two games that they should be pretty heavy favorites. Well, they obviously are for, for Indiana, and they should be a pretty heavy favorite against Maryland. And then, you know, the season really comes down to the game uh, against Michigan the last weekend of the year. Um, and it looks like that game is going to determine not only the Big Ten East winner, but very likely the Big Ten's representative in the college football playoffs. So, you know, when you talk about expectations, I think Ohio State's exactly where we thought they would be. But how they got there, maybe a little bit not, you know, along the path that everyone thought in game one against Notre Dame. They lost Jackson Smith to Jigba to a hamstring injury. JSN was, you know, potential Heisman candidate, certainly a Bolitnikoff uh, favorite uh, or one of the favorites. Um, came off a, a Big Ten record season, Rose Bowl record performance at the end of last year. And that hamstring injury, I mean, he, he came back for – a couple games along the way, but really hasn't been able to get it right. So you're not going to see him this weekend against Indiana. Um, I mean, there's a chance you'll see him maybe against Maryland and then maybe against Michigan, but I wouldn't be shocked if either a he's done for the full year, or maybe if they make the playoffs, that's when he comes back. But either way, they've, they've had to learn to win without their best skill position player. And then along the way, they've had some injuries too. Travion Henderson's missed games, Mayan Williams, their other running back has missed games. So it's really um, forced them to learn how to win with some younger guys, some other players outside of the guys we expected them to do. And then on the other side of the ball, Ohio State's defense against teams with a pulse last year was not very good. They basically cleaned house other than Larry Johnson on that side of the ball. And 
Jim Knowles, the new defensive coordinator, had high expectations when he came in, but I think he's exceeded those already. Ohio State's the only team in the country with a top five offense, which was expected, but they also are the only team in the country that has not only a top five offense, but a top five defense. And um, I think people would have been very happy if you said Ohio State would have had a 20, a top 20 defense this year, but to have a top five defense, I think it's really when the offense has sputtered at times because of a variety of issues that they're going through, uh, the defense has really picked up the slack and really helped them get going, especially the last few weeks, uh, Iowa, Penn State, and then last week, as you said, against Northwestern in, in a game that probably just needs to be thrown out because of how crazy the weather was there. Oh, yeah, that's what I wanted to ask about. It seems like, you know, I watched the Ohio State-Penn State game as I used by week. It was a good game up until, like, the last crazy eight minutes or so. Um, it seems like, to me, at least in the small sample size that I've watched Ohio State, um, they've kind of struggled to put points up in the first half, and then all of a sudden the avalanche hits. Is that a, a pattern that has happened this year? At least the last few weeks, I mean, to me, I, you know, is it our teams doing things like I know Iowa, for example, um, gave them a completely different look on defense than what they had seen. You know, Iowa normally plays a, a cover two with the two high safeties and they gave them a completely different look playing cover zero, cover one. Right. And that 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 tinkered with what Ryan Day and Kevin Wilson had planned to do coming into the game. And it, I thought it took them a little too long to adjust. Um and then Penn State, I know, gave them a, a few different looks as well and was was doing some things executionally to beat Ohio State. Um, and I thought it took them too long to adjust. So, I, you know, is it me? Am I right that they're taking too long to adjust? Or is Ohio State just so talented that they just eventually wear you down and, and, and break through even when you are playing well against them? I don't know. But you are right to a point. And in, in even the Notre Dame game, you look at that game in the opener, I know they lost JSN and they were trying to, to figure things out. They didn't have Julian Fleming in that game either. Um, so they were really down a few, few big time receivers unexpectedly, but you know, Notre Dame, I mean, that was one where they slow started and then, you know, kind of roared back um, later in the game. So I, I don't know. I, is it a trend? Is it, is it just, is it adjusting too late? Is it, uh, just getting different things thrown at them or, or eventually just being able to be so good that they're wearing teams down. I, I don't know, but there is some sort of uh, pattern there and I'm sure uh, they're trying to going to try and break that this week against Indiana a little bit. Yeah. I want to talk about the playoff a little bit. Uh, there's a chance that two big 10 teams get in. Anything could happen. I mean, they're talking about like a four loss Alabama team could get in <laughs> whatever. Um, but should uh, Michigan uh, do the unthinkable and beat Ohio State in the shoe, would the Indiana win is not going to turn people's heads, but would it make the people who are looking at that resume, if Ohio State beats Indiana, is it back to like that early 90s, late 90s style points? Hey, they had that tough game against Northwestern, but that's now due to the weather. Uh, and things like that. Do you see Ohio State just putting pedal to the metal and, and not taking it off until you know it's triple zeros in the fourth quarter? I think it, I think if they can, it will be right. Like I think they certainly um, are going to try and yeah, kind of exert their will in the next two weeks. Really, if they could do it against Maryland as well, I think they're going to try and you know Ryan Day would never admit it, but I do think style points are certainly going to play a little bit of a factor. I don't think he'd ever admit this either, but I think. 
they'd love to get CJ Stroud a Heisman trophy this year as well. And, you know, if they could, he obviously didn't have great stats last week. And, you know, I think if they could come in and let him throw for 400 plus yards and four plus touchdowns over the next two weeks, I think they're going to try to let him do that. And, and, uh, and really get the team. I think it's more than anything, just getting the team some confidence that they can do uh, what they want to do on offense for a full four quarters heading into that Michigan game. I think that's probably it more than anything. Yeah. Uh, Going back to that offense, a name that's familiar to Indiana fans, Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison Jr. is having a big-time season. Uh, it seemed that any time they need a play, he's the guy they go to. Um, you know, And you could put two, three guys on him. He still finds a way to get open. Um, just tell us a little bit about uh, Marvin Jr. Yeah, I mean, he's an incredible talent, obviously got to learn from one of the best to ever do it as a lot of people listening who are Colts fans probably know um you know his dad he he's just he like his dad raised him the right way like he is a yes sir no sir guy off the you know on and off the field he is all about football you know just studying film in the weight room how do i get better and one of the big reasons you know they made a business decision to come to ohio state they felt that brian hartline being a former player um, you know, they just love what, you know, what he brought to the table as far as being able to develop junior and, you know, the proof is in the pudding right now. You're seeing him in year two, just have an incredible year. Uh, teams are now starting to Northwestern really started to, to double team him last week. And, um, I mean, he's the best, he's the best playmaker they have, as you said, and 10 catches, we have like a 10 catches, 185 yards or something like that against Penn state, all 10 catches went for first downs. You almost wondered when they were struggling a little bit, like why they weren't throwing to him almost every single time because Penn State couldn't seem to stop it. And, um, you know, he, he's been absolutely incredible. Um, he's a Blitnikoff. He's going to be probably be a Blitnikoff finalist. Um, he not only catches for a ton of yards, but he catches a lot of touchdowns, too. He's got a he's got a big frame, like a six, three plus six, four frame. Um, so in the red zone, he's very, very good. Great hands, great route runner, um, you know. As I said, he's he's his dad with more size, I'd say. So um, they got someone who probably should have been ranked a little bit higher as a high school recruit, and you're seeing uh, you're seeing kind of those those off field intangibles come into play with with Ohio State's development. If Ohio State had a weakness that could be exploited, um, what would that be? Yeah, I mean, on offense they've struggled in the run game. Um, you know, Iowa, Penn State, Northwestern. I would watch what those teams did. I mean, Northwestern was a little different because you knew they couldn't throw the ball, so they were able to, like, put nine guys in the box. That obviously won't happen this weekend in what looks to be better, much, much, much better weather conditions. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, uh, uh, teams are teams are loading a box. They're slanting down. They're they're taking away, you know, some of the, the run gaps in Ohio State's zone scheme. Um, Ohio State's got to find answers for that. They, they struggled. They, they figured it out a little bit later against Penn State. Uh, they struggled against Iowa. They were held to like 60-something yards in that game rushing. Uh, they need to be able to run the ball to beat really good teams. Um, and if a team like Indiana is able to stop the run, they're going to have a chance, you know, just like Iowa did for a few quarters, Penn State did for a few quarters, and even Northwestern did for for a few quarters. So um, on offense, I'd say, you know, the run game is is something that between injuries and just some schematic things and execution – it's, it's been a combination of not the best. Uh, I know statistically it probably doesn't look like that. And then, you know, on defense, I think the cornerbacks have been a lot better, but 
the cornerbacks with some injuries and just some issues early on were uh, a little bit of a weak spot, being able to throw on them a little bit. Um, it seems like, you know, Northwestern and Penn State found a couple things in the run defense that they've been able to exploit the last couple of weeks. So no glaring weakness on defense, but it, it does seem like, you know, Jim Knowles, the defensive quarter, admits that they build their defense for five explosive plays against them for an entire game to still be able to win. So I would say if you're Indiana, you really got to take advantage of when those opportunities come about. Yep. Uh, speaking of this series, Indiana hasn't won uh, against the Buckeyes since 1988. They haven't beaten the Buckeyes in, in at Ohio Stadium since 87. Kevin Wilson and Tom Allen have had their close calls. There have been games where it's been crazy. The onside kick game in 2012. Um, you know, the, the Michael Penix comeback in 2020, uh, 2015 was a close game. It just seemed that Indiana was kind of closing the gap, but the last couple years, that gap has widened. Uh, what do you see the difference? I know as an outsider on Indiana football, but what do you see the difference there? Is it totally that, you know, it, we know it's a talent gap. There, there's always going to be a talent gap, uh, between IU and, and Ohio state, but what, what kept Indiana in those games, um, you know, just, you know, a decade ago uh, to now that, you know, they lost in, in 2019 big. They lost last year uh, big at home uh, and this year 40 and a half point underdogs. You know, wh- what do you see where IU's not getting the job done and Ohio State is? Yeah, you know, that's it's a good question. I mean, obviously, I think the talent gap, like, I think IU should have had, like, I don't think they've recruited ever since that 2020 year, you kind of thought that they would take steps in the right direction. It's almost like they went backwards and that was kind of a funky year, but you know, I I don't know if they've recruited as well as I expected them to. Um, I don't know. Like you would expect them to, to have closed the gap maybe from a talent perspective. I know they've gone to the portal and some things like that as well. Um, You know, I think the talent gap has probably widened uh, over the last couple of years. If, if that, you know, explains things. I don't know. I just think you look at those IU teams under Kevin Wilson. I mean, they had a lot of NFL players, right? Like they had some NFL linemen, they had NFL running backs. uh, They had some NFL receivers. And even that 2020 team, it seemed like when you talk about the Jimmy's and Joe's, you know, Michael Penix was, was really, really, really good that year before he got hurt, obviously. Um, And they had, you know, a really good receiver on that team. I mean, this year I haven't watched a ton of IU, but when I have, they haven't been able to run the ball at all. Their O line's not good. Their running backs aren't, you know, aren't good. You know, you, you don't have the guys that they used to have in that room. It seemed like almost like every year in those Kevin Wilson years where they were competing, like they would just be turning out a different NFL back every single year, right? Like Tevin Coleman. There was a few other guys. Jordan um, Howard. Yeah, Jordan Howard. There's there was a couple others in there, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I know they had a kid from from Glenville that was pretty good too. If I, you know, Shane Wynn as a slot receiver was like a really nice player. Um, you know, they, they had some like, and, and then obviously, you know, the Cortland Suttons of the world and all those guys, like they had some NFL talent. I'm just not seeing NFL talent on the offensive side of the ball. And as good as their defense has been at times under Tom Allen, I'm not sure if the offense has ever really matched it. 2020 was probably the year, um, you know, Tom Allen, very good coach. Kevin Wilson, I think was an even better coach in my opinion. Um, you know, they did some things X's and O's wise that were really, really good in those games. I just, you know, at some point your talent just is, is too overmatched. And I think push comes to shove. That's really what it, what it comes down to. Yeah. I know in a perfect world, 
having a few more years of Kevin Wilson as a head coach and Tom Allen as a defensive coordinator probably changes things for IU. Um, there's a quarterback commit from IU from Canefield, Ohio. Um, I don't know much about Canefield, but it's Brock Lowry. He's carrying that team. Um, what do you know about Brock, Brock Lowry uh, that you could tell us? And uh, if, if it's not nothing, uh, that's okay too. Uh, but what, what can you give uh, Hoosier fans hope for the future? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I don't know a ton about him. I mean, he wasn't, you know, sometimes a lot of these in-state guys, you know, Ohio State will have at least had them in camp or looked at them closely to at least, you know, make sure they're checking the boxes. They didn't really do that here with, with Brock. Um, but I, what I can tell you is that he does come from, like, a, a good, strong program um, in that, like, Northeast Ohio area. Um, you know, I know that, you know, looking at his offers, it, it's Iowa State has offered, uh, which, you know, Matt Campbell knows the state of Ohio inside and out. And if, if he's offering a kid, you know, I think he's, he's got a chance to be a, a pretty decent upside player because that's, you know, Iowa state, they're not going to get those four and five star kids. They're going to live in those three stars from the Midwest. They're going to develop in their program. So that tells me a lot, you know, so I don't know a ton about the kid. I'll leave it at that, but I know the program he comes from, you know, he's well coached. Um, he plays against good competition. He's going to be battle tested and, um, you know, as I said, if Matt Campbell gives the stamp of approval, I think that that's, that, that's good by me. Uh, final question on, on this game, Alex. Uh, if you're a casual fan turning in, um, tur uh, tur tuning into this game, uh, what are you watching? Are you watching a Taiwan Mullen matchup against Marvin Harrison? Are you looking at, um, you know, maybe another matchup there? Yeah, I mean uh... – you know, I guess if you're you're Indiana, you're you know how, how how does or if you're an NFL scout, right? Like how does Mullen stack up against not only Marvin Harrison, Emeka Buka is, is a really good pl player, Julian Fleming. So how do how does IU's secondary stack up against you know Ohio State's really good receivers? I think if you're an Ohio State guy, you know where can they? It, it, you got to be watching, and I think this goes for Indiana too because I think this will judge how close this game is. How does Ohio State's run game do against the Indiana defense? I think that that's going to be a big uh, tell, you know, is this going to be a, a blowout from start to finish? Is it going to be a, a tough, hard-fought game for a few quarters? Maybe Ohio State pulls away at the end. So um, that's probably what I'm watching. I, I think that the San McCullough story, you know, he was committed to Ohio State at one point. His dad was at Indiana. He ended up going there. His dad's now left Indiana, but – He's, he's, you know, had an opportunity to come in as a freshman and make an impact. I don't know if that would have been the case at Ohio State. So it'll be interesting to watch because I think he'll, you know, I don't know. I haven't, again, I'm not, I haven't paid too much attention to IU, but I've seen him on the field. I know he's done some things in flash as a freshman. So that's a storyline that I think could be interesting to watch as well. So. Yeah, Desan, he's, he looks like a player. He plays like a player. Um but he's filled out like a true freshman and he just, if another year or two in the weight room, he is going to be an absolute monster. Uh, and you just hope that at least from the IU perspective, you hope you could hang on to him uh, and have him be the, the face of the program for the next couple of years. Alex, as always, uh, thanks for, for tuning in. Uh, tell, tell our crew where we could uh, follow you guys and, and find you on the web. Yeah. Uh very simply, similar to you guys, BuckeyeHuddle.com. Um, we have free content. We have some some stuff behind the paywall and on the message boards. But 
yeah, at BuckeyeHuddle.com, our Buckeye Huddle YouTube channel has got plenty of content. We do whole pregame show, postgame show. We have all the press conferences up there. So if you are an Indiana football fan, you're interested in seeing what Ryan Day or some of the other coaches had to say about the Hoosiers. Uh, we usually cover the, the visiting team's press conference uh, as well after the game. So we should have some Tom Allen video uh, up there. So, uh, you know, BuckeyeHuddle.com, Buckeye Huddle on YouTube, at Buckeye Huddle on Twitter. I'm at Alex Gleitman on Twitter. Um, always happy to answer questions. Always love coming to Bloomington and uh, always have a great time being on the show. Yeah, always fun. Hope to catch you in person uh, sometime soon, Alex. And uh, best of luck to our Jets, uh, you know, coming up against uh, – we've got a bye week and then New England again. So uh, Yeah, we got to break the streak here. We almost had them a couple of weeks ago, but I yeah. think this is this is it. All right. Thank you. Thanks. No problem.